The Word of God says this. In the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace among those with whom he's pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that's happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God. For all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. It's the word of God. You may be seated. So again, I just want to be clear here. The focal point of the birth story is Jesus Christ. As we talked about this morning, the birth of Jesus is indeed good news of great joy for all people. And the reason why it is good news of great joy for all people is because the birth of Jesus is not just the birth of another baby. He was and is Savior, Christ, and Lord. He came to save us from our sin, hence the title Savior. He was the fulfillment of the Old Testament prophecies, hence the title Messiah or Christ. And he was and is the God of the universe, hence the title Lord. He is God in the flesh, God with us. So it would be a terrible mistake for us to say tonight, let's forget about Jesus and let's just talk about the shepherds. But I do think it's helpful for us to think about how the shepherds responded to the good news of Jesus. Because here's the thing, I'm convinced we're not meant to merely admire the good news about Jesus' birth. We're meant to be transformed by it. And actually, I think that's one of the reasons why Luke spends so much of his time talking about the shepherds, because he wants us to see they are a model of what it looks like to respond to the good news of Jesus' birth. The good news of Jesus' birth was not just something the shepherds heard and then dismissed. It was something that transformed them. And what I'm arguing tonight is the same should be true for us. If you came here tonight and you simply heard the good news about Jesus' birth, but it didn't move you to action or recalibrate your actions, something would be amiss. And the shepherds in Luke 2 remind us of this. So in our brief time together tonight, here's what I want to do. I simply want to outline the actions of the shepherds in Luke 2. And then I want us to talk about how their reaction should perhaps prompt a similar reaction in our own hearts. More specifically, I want to highlight three actions of the shepherds and then consider how we might respond in a similar fashion. All right, so three actions. Action number one, the shepherds heard the message. The shepherds heard the message. Now, in terms of action, hearing the message about Jesus' birth is the most passive thing the shepherds do in the story. In fact, in Luke's account, when you read about them hearing, the shepherds are kind of an afterthought. In fact, look at verses 10 to 14 again, if you have your Bibles, or just listen. In verse 10, the angel said to them, that's the shepherds, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he's pleased. Obviously, there's no way you could hear that and think, well, the shepherds are at the front of the story. In fact, if you didn't remember, you'd forget, oh, the angels are talking to the shepherds. In verses 10 to 14, first and foremost, the focus is on the content of the good news, that Jesus is Savior, Christ, and Lord. Secondarily, the focus is on the ones proclaiming it, the angelic messengers. The shepherds hearing the message about the birth of Jesus Christ is just an afterthought. But here's the thing, and this is important. You can't understand what the shepherds do in verses 15 to 20 unless you first understand that they heard the message about Jesus in verses 10 to 14. 
the subsequent actions the shepherds take make no sense apart from an understanding that they heard the message first. They heard what was delivered to them by the angels, and then because of that, they respond. Their hearing sets off a chain of actions, which actually leads us now to action number two. So action number one, they heard the message. Action number two, they responded to the message. We're talking about the shepherds here. Verses 15 and 16. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. So in verses 15 and 16, we see a turning point for the shepherds. When they hear the good news about Jesus, they don't simply hear the message and then go back to their normal shepherding work. They don't say, oh, that's great. We're glad to know there's a baby born in Bethlehem. Thanks for letting us know, angel. We'll just go back to our shepherding now. No, on the contrary, after they hear the message, they feel compelled to go and see for themselves. They feel compelled because the angel told them, you'll find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths lying in a manger. And the language of verse 16 would indicate they did so with great urgency. Now, in our house, sometimes we'll talk with our kids and we'll ask them to do something. They'll respond by saying, I'll get to that in a little bit which is what we've learned over, over time, is a secret code for it's possible I'll never remember to do that, but if I do remember, it's going to be a long time. For the shepherds, this is not how they respond, though. They respond with great urgency. They don't say, well, let us, let's go take care of the sheep for a little bit, then we'll go. No, in verse 16, we're told they go with great haste. Urgently, they have to figure out, is this true? We need to go see this thing that we've heard from the Lord. Notice in verse 15, they don't attribute the message to the angel but rather to the Lord himself. The Lord made known the birth of Christ to them through the angel, and they respond in faith by going and seeing. They want to investigate, is this true? They were not merely content to hear the message. They responded in faith and took action. So the shepherds first hear the message. Secondly, they respond. Third, they proclaim the message. Again, the message here is the good news of Jesus' birth. So first they hear it, then they respond, then they proclaim it themselves. Verses 17 and 18. Verse 17 says this, And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. Now here's the thing I think we all inherently know. If you have good news, you have a desire to proclaim it. If you get engaged, you want other people to know. If you get a promotion at work, you call someone and tell them. If the Huskers get a top recruit, Husker fans talk about it. I can attest to this. If something is exceedingly good news, we don't have to stop and think, should I share this with someone? No, we just instinctually know we should go tell someone else about this good news. One of my friends from another state has been battling cancer for a while, and recently he got word through his latest scan that his cancer was gone. Now, of course, when he got this information, he didn't just sit on it. The only reason I know about it is because he proclaimed the good news to others. And again, I would just say, this is what you do when you have good news. You go tell others. This is what the shepherds do. They hear the good news about Jesus Christ. They go and investigate, and what do they do next? They begin proclaiming it to everyone around them. They want everyone to know there has a baby been born, and he is the Savior. And the reason why they're doing so is obviously because their hearts are overflowing with gratitude. Look at verse 20 again. If you have your Bibles in verse 20, it says this, And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, as it had been told to them. So the shepherds are overflowing with praise and glory to God, thankfulness in their hearts. The Savior's here. The Messiah has arrived. The King of the universe has taken on flesh. 
This is news that for the shepherds, felt, they felt like they must share. They feel like this is news that cannot be contained to themselves. So the shepherds hear the message, they respond to it, then they proclaim it. And I would contend, again, that part of the reason why they're included in Scripture is because they serve as a model of how we are to respond to the same message. And so to that end, I just want to finish our time together tonight by challenging you to do three things in light of what the shepherds do in this passage. Not coincidentally, they're going to line up perfectly with what the shepherds did. Challenge number one, hear the message. Hear the message. As Romans 10 tells us, faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. So just make sure that we understand the message that the word of God is telling us in Luke 2. Jesus took on flesh and he did so in order to rescue us from our sin. We are great sinners. We've rebelled against the holy God. Our only hope, our only hope, is that Jesus came, he was born into a major, he lived a perfect life, he died on the cross for our sins, three days later he rose from the dead. That if anyone would come to him in saving faith, they can be saved. Their sins can be forgiven, they can have peace with God. That is what we're celebrating this Christmas. That is the message of the manger. And I pray that you would hear that message tonight. Now the fact that you're here is a good start in that direction, but as any parent can attest, there's a big difference between someone hearing in theory as opposed to hearing in reality. And I pray that tonight you would have ears to hear the message of the good news of Christmas, that Jesus came to save us from our sin. So that's step one here. That we, I think the way we start by responding to Christmas message is by making sure that we hear it, that we understand God became man, that he might deliver us from the domain of darkness. So challenge one, hear the message. Challenge two, respond to the message. Again, here's the reality. The shepherds could have heard the message about the baby in Bethlehem and just gone back to business as usual. But I would ask this question. If what they were told is true, how could they do that? How could they hear about a Savior being born to rescue them from their sin and think, ah, we are not going to go check that out. We're too busy. In the same way, if what we're reading in Luke 2 is true, if Jesus really is the Savior of the world, if he really is the one who can rescue you from your sin, if he really is God in the flesh, how is it possible that you could hear that news and just go back to life as normal. I'm too busy to check that out. I mean, think about it this way. If someone told you that a foreign military was invading our country tomorrow, assuming you believe them to be credible, I would think that is something you would look into. That's not the type of thing you would say, oh, I guess we'll just wait and see how it goes tomorrow. It's not what you do. In a similar fashion, if you had cancer, and someone told you that they developed a cure for your type of cancer, and they're already starting treatments, and it's proved effective, and they're doing it in this area, and you can get treatment today. Again, assuming you believe the witness was credible, that's something you would look into. So I would just say this. If it's even remotely possible that the good news about Jesus that's proclaimed in Luke 2 is true, that he really is, to use the language of John 14, the way, the truth, and the life, no one comes to the Father except through him, it would seem to me that is news worth investigating. That like the shepherds, you should respond to the good news by going and looking into it further. Now, one of the things I love about our Christmas Eve services is that we often have guests attending with us that maybe not, would not normally attend our church on a Sunday morning. And I'm so thankful for that. I'm so glad you're here. But can I encourage you, if you're here tonight and you don't know Jesus, would you at least go investigate further? Would you respond and say, you know what, I need to look into these claims because if it's true, it changes everything. For the shepherds, when they hear the good news, they go and see, is this true? Has this really happened? So that's the second challenge. Not only that we hear the message, but we respond to the message. Challenge number three, 
And this is particularly for those who've come to the conclusion that the message is true. The challenge is to proclaim the message. Again, when the shepherds come to the conclusion the good news about Jesus is true, they don't keep the message to themselves. They praise God and they tell others. And again, that makes sense, right? As we said earlier, good news is meant to be shared. And so if you've come to the conclusion, no, this message about Jesus is true, it would seem to me that that might be news that you would want to share with others. Over the course of the next week, we're going to scatter as a church. We're going to leave here. We're going to go in our different directions. Some of you tonight will immediately go and be with your family. Others of you will be with your family tomorrow, maybe later this week, maybe even next weekend. And many of those family members that you see, they don't know Jesus. And so my prayer for you and my prayer for me personally is that we would be so overwhelmed with the good news of Christ that we cannot help but speak of what we've seen and heard. Now I'm saying that, let me be clear, I'm not trying to lay a burden of guilt on anyone. I'm not asking you to stand up at your family gathering and preach from Luke 2. Now, if you want to do that, that's great, but I'm, I'm not saying you necessarily should. I'm not asking you to harass all your cousins, to back them into a corner until they finally turn to Jesus. I'm not saying you need to do that. But what I am praying is this, that you would be so satisfied, that I would be so satisfied and encouraged and overwhelmed with the joy of the good news of the birth, but we can't, that we can't help but speak of what we've seen and heard. We have the best news in the world. You kind of get the impression that's what's happening with the shepherds in Luke 2. They couldn't help but give praise to God. They couldn't help but proclaim the good news to others because they fully believed that the birth of Jesus Christ was indeed good news for all people. So listen, I'm not arguing that the shepherds necessarily need to move up the power rankings, okay? I would put them above the donkey, but after that, I'm not going to quibble too much. But what I do care about tonight is that we, would rece- that we would see the reaction of the shepherds to the Christmas story, and we would be compelled to respond in a similar way, to hear the message about Jesus, to respond to the message, and then proclaim the message to others. After all, Jesus took on flesh, and that is exceedingly good news. Good news that is meant to be celebrated, but also good news that is meant to be shared. Let's pray. God, we thank you for the reminder here in Luke 2 of the good news of Jesus' birth. And we pray that we would have a heart that is similar to the shepherds. That tonight, we would have ears to hear. That we wouldn't just ignore the message that is given to us in your word, but rather we would hear it. That we would respond to it. We would look into it further. And if we're convinced it's true, that we would then proclaim it to others. And God, I I pray that we would do this, not because we feel compelled by some sort of weird religious guilt, but rather because we are just so convinced the message is true and so overflowing with gratitude that we don't know what else we could do. God, please help us to be these types of people. Help us to see the message for being true and live accordingly. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.